Brad and Brit. It's the Brad and Brit cast. It's our third one this week. I didn't think we could get through the first two. We got through the first two. This is the third one. We're glad you're with us. And uh, I uh, I try not to give out uh, money or investing tips. I don't think it's uh, that appropriate. There are people who are much more skilled at it, uh, much more experienced at it. Um, but I do have one rock solid, take this one to the bank, go do it today. Don't even wait till we're done. This will pay off big over the next few weeks and months. You ready? Go <laughs> fill up your tank now. Fill it up. <laughs> fill it up. <laughs> fill it up because, done. because you, can't, done. you can't lose on this one. Because I, 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 uh, I, I took my wife's car this morning. Yeah. I was headed over to the gym. And I said, all right. So I, I, I stopped. And it was three quarters full. So it was only yeah. you know, three or four gallons, which is now $20, right? <laughs> exactly. Because <laughs> it, it was four nineteen. But I said, hey, what the hell's the difference? You know that a week or two from now, it could be $5. So you win. You yeah. win. And there aren't any lines right now. And, and people aren't panicking because this is not a supply issue in the main. It's a, it's, it's a price thing. Okay. Yeah. So that's my investing tip for the day. Go fill it up now. It'll, it'll save you a few bucks down the road. I traded, you know, I traded in a Toyota Prius, which got about 50 miles to the gallon. And I've traded for a car that only gets about 40 miles to the gallon. That's pretty so good. It, You'll be all right. It, but if I would have hung on to the Prius for a couple, I mean, if I would have hung on the Prius for three more months, I could have probably gotten a thousand more dollars for it now. Right. Yeah, I know. But, uh, you know, you, you crossed the tipping point in I terms did. of, I did. Uh, you drove it so long and you got such gr- you, you won the game. So we, we got to this the was point a time, where it was going be... to take your chips off the table and get, get a new car. You did. We got to the point with that car where it's like, you're either going to 280,000 miles and eight years old. You're either going to start plowing a lot of money into it, or you're going to just say sayonara. That was, that was where I was getting with that car. Um, let's examine foxnews.com's uh, front page, Brad. We do have the uh, stories here about uh, Vladimir Putin's Russian army leveling a children's hospital, and then that's followed by young, inexperienced Russian soldiers sent to fight uh, in the invasion. And an expert revealed two official mistakes Russia made before uh, casting war in Ukraine. So we've gone from, at least on Fox News, him being a decisive, strong leader to at least he's a monster now. I mean, we have evolved into that, correct? Oh, by the way, you... you, uh... You did a great job when we had Holland Cook on the other day of of making that that observation um, that they you know the memo went out you know that they realized that uh, this was not the best position to be in to be uh, yes. Vladimir Putin's uh, number one cheerleader and and I'll, I'll I'll let you get back to to, to finish your yeah. thought first but can I just jump in and say that at uh, uh, well, as we speak, it's a little bit after one thirty in the afternoon on Wednesday at one o'clock, uh, the Washington post went with the uh, story about Kevin McCarthy, finally breaking, finally breaking with Donald Trump, not agreeing with him that Putin is a smart guy, a brilliant tactician. Kevin oh, McCarthy bro- does not agree with Donald Trump. So, so for the post, I'm sorry. I mean, I love the Washington Post. They do great work. They're hiring hundreds of new journalists. They do. I mean, they they, they are. It's, it is one of the, the great papers of the world. But honest to God, uh, to, to, to headline this one, in break with Trump, 
Representative McCarthy says he doesn't think there's anything, quote, savvy or genius about Putin. No. Where, how low is the bar? How, how <laughs> well, low is the bar right now? And, and my, my second thought was, wow, I bet he's going to have trouble going back to his uh, constituents and selling that one. <laughs> you know, you talk about you talk about profiles and courage. Yes. Here's yes. the guy, Kevin McCarthy. Yes. He's putting it all on the line. And it takes wow. him, what, what does it take him, a month, six weeks to, to get that done? Well, I, I, I said in the post, I said, wow, I'm going to have to rip down my President Zelensky poster and replace it <laughs> with, with a McCarthy. Kevin McCarthy poster. This guy speaks truth to power. This well, guy is not intimidated by anything. Nothing I would expect him. I would expect a pretty strong condemnation right around Easter from Kevin McCarthy for bombing a children's hospital. He might figure out then that right. that wasn't a great. He might yeah, have yeah, lost. That's so right. You might have gone with that one today instead of instead of this one. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I don't want I don't want to jump out there too early. Let me think about that. A children's hospital, sure things happen in war. Get back to me in April. I'll talk to you in April and maybe I will condemn the bombing of a children's hospital. Uh <laughs> no, I, I think you're right. I think the memo had to go out to, hey, hey, I love you, Tucker. We're paying you a shit ton of money for reverse mortgage commercials and all this. But if you could just get Putin's dick out of your mouth for just a second, that would be great. I mean, that, that may have been the memo that went around Fox headquarters, you know, just a few weeks ago. Even though, again, remember the Tucker Carlson position in stone is that this is the United States' fault. Mostly Joe Biden's, but this is the United States' fault that this has happened, that Russia has invaded the Ukraine, because they have been cheerleading and wanting a war and wanting uh, Russia to invade for a long, long time. That is, that is his who, literal who you, position. Who, who do you mean they? Tucker, what are you the, the, those, the, uh, what did we used to call them during the Trump administration? The swamp, the embedded, um, the deep state. Remember that one? The deep state, the embedded Washingtonians have wanted for a long time war and they wanted Russia to be the aggressors and they wanted to suck America into a war. And is he is really saying the, that? That's part of what Joe Scarborough's criticism really? was. That is part of what Joe Scarborough's I, criticism wow. was on, on the Joe show, which is being highlighted on media. It is this is America's yeah. fault, particularly Joe Biden's fault, well, but see, also entrenched Washington. See, the, almost anything. When it happens, you can go back and say, well, if we would have done this, if we would have done that. But in the end, it's who starts the war at the moment that the war starts. That's whose fault it is. Mm -hmm. um, you, it, I think it's just horrendous. I think it's pathetic to say, well, if 28 years ago, after the dissolution of the Soviet Union, if those uh, Baltic countries hadn't joined NATO, Vladimir Putin wouldn't be so mad right now <laughs> and he'd be invaded. Bullshit to that. Just stop it. Just just stop that. That is, that is just insane. I, I will give you, and, and you know, you send me shit, I send you shit, and, and right. you never read my stuff. I don't, nobody reads anything or listens to anything your anybody stuff. says. I know I'm, about, I'm about 50% well, I don't, well, I don't read yours. No, no. No, but I, I'm saying there's a lot... <laughs> <laughs> but I I, uh, I did just get around to the uh, what was the sports thing you sent me uh, the other day? Who's got the gig now on? Uh, on oh, there was oh, a uh, curb, uh, the curb, curb street. The curb street thing. Yeah. I finally got around to reading that. I'm curb. sorry, it took me two days, but I did. Okay, uh, yeah. Not Amazon. Don't even explain what. 
It's not important. It's not important. <laughs> since just, you finally got around. But there's the there's the Joe Scarborough. He calls Tucker Carlson or someone very much like him a useful idiot for blaming America for Putin's invasion. This is the, well, I, the, see, I, I think he understates it. I think that's beyond useful idiot. I think that's yeah. useless idiot. Yeah. I think Tucker Carlson is a useless idiot. In fact, he makes useful idiots look bad. He's he's a useless. He's a useless idiot. Um, I think you and I are going to I think what we have to do today and this is unfortunate, but you and I are going to have to do a fairly deep dive on on gas prices. I think we're going to have to try to knock down some of the bullshit that's out there because it's it is in, it's it's all over the place. It's ubiquitous and it's it's nonsensical and it's a rerun of every time that this happens. But I, I'm I'm going to lay out the narrative. I usually attribute this to Fox News, so why not? But it's usually in in certain circles the narrative is that the reason we are paying such high gas prices is because Nancy Pelosi and AOC and Joe Biden and Kamala Harris are just not letting oil producers drill for oil. And if we could just drill at our full capacity we would not be paying $4 a gallon for gasoline. That is the narrative. And there's uh, a swath of America, again, I cannot tell you a percentage, that has swallowed this whole. Well, all right. So what you laid out is it's simple. It's easy to understand. It is. And you don't need to know anything more than that to know whose fault it is. You know where to point the finger. Next topic. I mean, I understand why I'm paying more at the gas pump because Donald Trump loved America and he loved the oil business and he loved energy and then drill, drill, drill. And, and he'd have a coal shovel. Remember that, that famous right. thing of him at a, at a, uh, a rally with a, with a hard hat on a coal, by the way, that was uh, uh, right before uh, thousands and thousands of more coal miners lost their jobs and coal continued its downward slide into irrelevance in the, but it looked great. And Donald Trump was tough was and he yeah. loved coal and West Virginia loved him back for that, <laughs> even though they were fooled by a con man fraud on so many different fronts. Correct. Continue. Well, I, I also think, I mean, uh, obviously you knock this back with facts, but the narrative again continues from the right wing circles from the Fox News crowd is that there's just nothing that these poor oil companies can do. They're just out there trying to help America. And every time they try to increase production, they're just helpless. They get knocked back every single time. To me, it's the first cousin of if you're very rich in America, you're at the mercy of the Internal Revenue Service. They take all of that money you worked so hard for. And again, there's a swath of America that believes that bullshit. They don't understand or appreciate or acknowledge that oil companies get away with murder. They buy politicians by the dozens in this country, and they get to do pretty much whatever they want to. I, I, I understand that. I, I I get what you're saying, but I I think even you are being more simplistic. Yeah. Than is than is than is factual here because the price of oil, which is the largest ingredient in what moves the price of gasoline up and down, is a world price. It yes. is not set. It is not set. In Washington, it is not the last president, the last president to uh, set fuel consumption and prices for American citizens was FDR during World War II when we had ration coupons, okay? And that was a war, and Mm -hmm. he did what was necessary. We haven't had that since then. Everything else is different. But the, the price of a barrel of oil, the different kinds that there are, it's not set in the United States. We used to joke 
when we were on WZTK that there was a guy named Bob who was in a room somewhere and he just had a little calculator and every day he would put up, you know, like they changed the uh, baseball score at Wrigley Field back in the old days or Fenway Park. (laughs) He he was a, a, a hand sign painted guy he put the thing up right that and was if the bob, if bob had a hemorrhoid or he'd had a fight with his wife the price of gas would go up and if he had a good day and maybe he'd had a good tuna sandwich the price right. might go down right and um the price and this is my take the the price of energy and oil specifically has been going up you know for many money months uh largely initially the result of, I, I know this thing can't defend, it's COVID. It would, I'm blaming COVID, okay? Because COVID collapsed demand for oil and every, nobody traveled, nobody drove, everybody stayed home for months and months and months and months, relatively mm-hmm. speaking. Mm-hmm. And when I say nobody, I'm saying that if uh, normally we were using 100 million barrels of oil around the world, and, and, and 20 million of it in the United States, we use about a fifth or a quarter of the world's oil, right? We're, we're still number one there. Uh, during the height of COVID for most of 2020, that 100 million may have become 85 or 80. And that's enough. That's enough to collapse the price. There was a point, look it up. It's less than two years ago. The price of oil was below zero. It yeah. went below zero. I mean, they the couldn't contracts. give the yeah. shit away. So and I'm I'm not a, a, an oil guy. I'm not fronting for them. But when the price is that low, they're usually not out there looking for more. They're no. not really. <laughs> they're they just not. Do it. They, no. lay, they lay off their workers. They do what right. every other industry does. And then suddenly, when demand starts to perk up again, they're not they're not able to produce as much. And you just don't turn it back on overnight. It takes, no. it takes uh, uh, weeks and months to get the infrastructure in place and rehire the people and, and, and do things. All that being said, right now, we are producing more oil in the United right. States than we have ever produced ever, including well, stop with your facts. four years. I don't want to hear any facts. La, 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 I la, 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 that. la, Stop, stop, stop. And I, I guess the answer to that is, well, we should be producing more. We can't. I'm going to pull out an oldie but goodie. It's a solid gold Wednesday. It's it's a midweek um, uh, a golden oldie. Here it is. Ready? You can't drill your way out of your oil problems. Wow. You never could. You wow. never, ever could. And, uh, you know, the rest of the, the OPEC still exists. Mm-hmm. And then there's the mini OPEC, which mm-hmm includes Russia and uh, a few other countries. So there's right. a couple of those guys and, and, and they still produce more oil in the aggregate than we do, even if we're number one or one number two in the world anyway. So then you add in the, the nervousness associated with what Russia has been doing the last few months and you, and uh, Omicron going away fairly quickly, like we thought it would and suddenly people booking vacations and starting to drive again and, and things of that sort. And so the supply demand gets out of balance and wham, through the roof. And uh, again, I'll knock down one more. Um, the fact that President Biden on Tuesday said, we're not buying no more damn oil from Russia. Well, that's going to send it up another dollar. Whoa. Just And of course, you know the facts on this. 
We don't get that much oil from Russia. In fact, I saw, hey, ready? Sit down, hold your seat. Hang on. Uh, because I was at the gym this morning, I have all these TVs in front yeah. of me with all the different channels. So when I see something that looks interesting, you know, I'll, I'll take my phone and put the channel on so I can hear what they're saying. And it was Fox, and it was uh, award-winning journalist Harris Faulkner. And she is good. She's the best. Oh, yeah. Uh, she had on the head of, you ready? A, a, a person, the kind of person you only see on Fox, you never see on CNN or MSNBC. You never see him. Is the head of the American Petroleum Institute. This is the, the, the lobbying organization. This is mm -hmm. the, the head oil flack, the excuse guy. And um, he was fine. And he mentioned a little inconvenient truth. Last week, last week even, the United States imported, ready, this much oil from Russia. We've already cut them off. We already don't get oil from them. So, we, they, and I put up a, my fingers like a zero, okay, or like Trump did at his speeches all the time where he would uh, do that by accident. Remember that annoying habit he had? God, it was awful. His finger? Oh, my God, that was rough. So... Um, in terms of the, the actual amount of oil that we're denying ourselves from Russia, the answer is uh, zero or less than zero. And that's why we're going around the world. And the world is a shitty place because if we're willing to talk to fucking Venezuela to get our hands back on their oil, that really tells you how bad it sucks. And, of course, I would say if uh, you're a right winger, if Donald Trump talked to Venezuela right now, you'd be killing him for that. And you know what? We'd be right. And it's disgusting that we have to talk to Venezuela, but it's a war. You got to do what you got to do. Um, so why did Joe Biden do what he did? He did it largely for politics, for public opinion, which, oh, that's the worst thing. How could he do that? How could someone do that? During an election no, year? In the history of the world, it's an election year. Oh, my God. And everyone was on one side of the boat saying, we yeah. got to stop buying shit from russia we can't right. fund their war machine with well, petrodollars that come out of our pockets so he did it so is it mor morally the right thing to do absolutely is it a substantial move against russia no not compared to denying them mcdonald's or being able to use their visa cards or all the other things or grabbing schluckabob boat okay <laughs> that those are all bigger things um but you know our attention span and our ability to be decent on something lasts how long? A week or two at most. And so the Republicans, as you have said, are honing their arguments. They're fine-tuning it right now to attack Joe Biden for doing something that they demanded that he do, which is at least say we're not going to buy oil from the Russians anymore. We're done. So the Republicans, of course, they have to be on that side. They can't say we should still be buying oil right. from the Russians. They can't do that. So temporarily, they say, this is something that we can all get behind Joe Biden on. And that'll last about a minute, because as mm. soon as gasoline on the average goes to 550 or 6, they will forget that conveniently that they ever said what they did, and they will pretend that the... Uh, lack of our purchasing oil from Russia is exactly what is doing this right now, which is Joe Biden's fault directly, even though the policies about 
drilling on federal lands. They were they were in place already. He didn't change that much. He really didn't. Uh, well, he really I think didn't. they got plenty of places to drill. They got I think your I take your statement from the American uh, Petroleum Institute, and I raise you this uh, from Fox Business: U.S. can counter Russia's influence by expanding domestic oil and gas production. That, according to Mike Summers from the American the Petroleum guy. Institute, I'm sure that's the guy. He said sure the remaining the 10% sure. that occurs on federal land. Now, they could be drilling right now. Yesterday, last week, they have 9,000 to drill offshore, and they're already yep. approved. So let me be clear. They're not right. using them for production. That's their right. decision. Right, right. So this, 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 it's a false, yep. it's a false narrative. Yep. Uh, it's a fake choice that uh, people who are trying to whack Joe Biden for at least thinking that, a hundred years from now, when we're all long dead, if we haven't done anything about climate change, if we haven't done enough to get ourselves out of the position that we're constantly in with oil and fossil fuels, that uh, there won't be much left on the earth anyway. How dare he be that way? <laughs> and how, how dare he even bring things? Like, and, and look, we can't drill our way out of this. But the funny thing is, we could drill our way out of it. It's just that they don't want to drill right now. Why, if you're a if you're an oil company, let's say you're an oil company, oh, right? You made it through uh-huh. the 2020 COVID. It sucked. Profits were way down if there yeah. were any to begin with. Price of oil collapsed. You're you're laying off people. 2021, things get a little bit better. By the last half of the year, things are getting a lot better. Going into 2022, you're very very optimistic because the the uh, coronavirus is receding then we get about two three months of horrible omicron but that fades and you have to make decisions on how much money you're going to spend going out because it takes a long time to do this kind of exploration and it's you just don't go to fucking home depot and buy some pipes and shove them in the ground and and it comes out and it's like the beverly hillbillies you (laughs) can't shoot into the ground you cannot shoot into the ground and get oil Right, right, right. And and at the same time, these companies under tremendous and justified pressure from their shareholders are at least trying to pretend or acting as if and doing a few things. You see all the commercials on TV, how wonderfully green they are while they have to get us the oil that we need so we can put gasoline in our cars and heat our homes and do all the things that we do with fossil fuels. So the confluence of events right now has resulted into us being in the position and by the way i haven't seen the stories yet um because usually you see these the if you think we're paying a lot here then you go to europe and usually they're paying about twice as much for gasoline as we do right Mm -hmm. they've always paid way way more than us and by the way i do have uh the highest uh priced gasoline in the country this was uh uh made uh, sent to me by my uh, my brother Mark. It's in Mendocino, California. Hello. Oh yeah, the Sir That's Doug a, Quintet, huge. Right, uh, Mendocino. Um, uh, it's, it looks like it's like a couple hundred miles north of San Francisco. Mm-hmm. Uh, the gas station is called Schaffler's Auto Body <laughs> and Repair, and right now it's eight forty five a gallon. Okay, and, you know by now. Na- and, and, and you know this this could already be outdated. It may already be nine twenty. But if we knock the federal tax off, yeah. that it could be only eight twenty seven a gallon. 
So yeah. I don't yeah. understand. Well, don't California do has high gas tax, but that's not the explanation. Uh, that idea. It, that idea. The article the way, says, yeah, the article says in the rest of Northern California, it's all over 550 there already. So that idea of uh, suspending the federal gas tax is still out there wafting in the ether like a bad oh, farm. Yeah, that'll make a big deal. That's a big deal. Was it 17 cents a gallon? 17 or 18, yeah. 17 yeah. or 18 is what it is. Yeah, your, your state gas tax is always way higher than the than, than the federal. So 17 cents won't make a difference. And uh, at least uh, most people have come around to uh, our view expressed here last week when I think I had a full meltdown over the strategic uh, petroleum reserve release of 60 million barrels, which I said was three days worth of consumption, which won't do shit. And uh, everybody's figured out, Brad, you were right on that. Well, it was, uh, I mean, I'll, it, I'll take a victory lap on that one. It but, was always uh, just a, a gesture. It was always the, just for politics. And as I pointed out, it's not going to get Joe Biden one more point in an approval rating. It's not going to help him out at all. It's not going to win one Democrat a seat coming up in November, but it's something you got to do. It's just yeah. something you have to do to show that you care. Do you like fill, uh, fill, fill it up now? It's it's going to be higher. Certainly, uh, we do you don't want know how to. Long. Do you want to answer John the Catholic's question? If the oil we buy from Russia is minimal, why is gas rising so fast since the announcement of not buying more Russian oil? Isn't that just uh, an emotional I, I re- thing? Again, I re- I reject the premise of the question. Okay, it's it's been going up fast. Yeah. Before that, it doesn't have anything to do with that. the The amount of of oil we get from Russia is a marginal percentage of what we consume. <laughs> it, it just is. So you, you just can't, you can't tag it as a, a specific uh, driver of the price. Although the, uh, the basis of the question takes the bait and, and, and blames it on that policy, which of well, course there is, there, supposedly we all agree with, that we couldn't buy, we shouldn't buy oil from Russia. So, well, there is an emotional component. I mean, of it. I mean, people kind of just react, and, it, and people would like to think that it's all about numbers That's and what stuff. This, it's just what yeah. it always is. It's always this way. It's always this way. That's the Exxon and, year to date uh, chart. I don't. You can go ahead and smack me for that. That's the year to date for Exxon. Yeah, but um, uh, today at least as we were uh, speaking, the price of uh, all commodities had uh, gone down, way down today. Oil and wheat and all that other stuff. That's probably a one-day respite because if there's any kind of positive news out of Ukraine, everybody gets excited and and starts to feel a little bit better. So I don't don't put any... Well, this has been a devastating war for for Russia in terms of economic impact. I'm not going to say that they paid a price that the Ukrainian people in terms of debt... Obviously, they're, they're the real sufferers of this war, but there has been a massive price that's been paid by the Russian economy in this whole thing. There's also been, uh, as far as this great, massive, beastly Russian army, they've had trouble fighting this war. And they there's been some sort of a an image uh, that's hit that's been taken by Putin as well. This army does not look as indestructible as he pointed it out or tried to make it out to be. So there has been a price to pay for Russia so far, and we're only seeing as far as the, the economic impact, uh, what's going on with the Russian people. They Again, I don't expect this huge bunch of Russian people to end up uh, overrunning the, the Kremlin, cutting his head off and then putting it on a pike, but 
it's a nice thought. Uh, there, there is a guy can hope. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there is a moment in affliction of pain when everybody's like, well, we're kind of getting fucked over here and it, we weren't doing so great before, but now we're doing way less. And it seems to be because of that guy. It seems well, to be because of that guy in a war that we didn't really want to fight. Yeah. I mean, I, uh, unless all of us are wrong, uh, Putin don't care. Right. Putin don't care. Uh, all he is thinking about, and you hate to believe this, but I've had spent too much time listening to too many people and reading too much to to not think that there's a, a lot of uh, currency to it. And I think we've discussed it in a tangential way here that this is not a modern man. Okay, and that's not to say that uh, that, that that Joe Biden is the hippest dude in the room. But yeah, I'm not talking about Biden right now. And, and uh, this is a guy who really, I guess, goes to sleep every night uh, with that map of the Soviet Union from 1975 on the ceiling that he's looking at. And that's all that he cares about. And he is pissed as shit that when that 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 scuzzbag Gorbachev got in there and started with the glasnost and Oh, look, we have McDonald's in, in Russia now. And the old Tom Friedman uh, uh, theory of countries that have McDonald's in them are much less likely to ever go to war than countries that don't have McDonald's in them because people would much rather wait in line for a hamburger than uh, wait in line to get conscripted into the army. Okay, it's a very glib way of looking at things, but that was a, that was kind of the world is flat and uh, democracies don't fight with each other and blah, blah, and for about 10 minutes we thought that Russia potentially could come into the family of nations and become more normalized but in the back of our minds I know I know I was thinking this yeah but maybe not maybe you know a thousand years of of uh, of of history of um What's going on is you don't wipe it away with uh, tearing down the Berlin Wall and uh, kicking out the Politburo and putting in a few people and saying it's just over and the country is economically such a basket case that they they can't sustain even the corruption of communism anymore. So we're going to try something different. It's going to be a sort of capitalistic and and things will work out. All right. So here's here's Vladimir Putin, who was not even in. Uh, Russia, the Soviet Union, when it fell, he was, I guess, over in Germany, yeah. working as a, a, a KGB agent. A spy. So he was watching it from afar. So yeah. for him, it was kind of a double thing. He's in Germany, all right? In Germany, the Berlin Wall coming down was one of the great events of the 20th century for us. And for him, um, it's like it's like you watching the Cleveland Indians in a World Series. You just know it's going to end terribly, and you're going to be depressed, and there's not a damn thing you can do about it, okay? And you're going to dream that it, the outcome was different. So for Putin, he, he was there for the Berlin Wall falling, and then his home country went to shit. So he makes his way back into Russia. Now Russia, not the USSR anymore. And he's kind of a low-level guy. I guess he figured out all the angles and, and who to grease and, and, and how to move to the top, and he did. But that original thought never left him. And his hate for the United States has never left him. And his dream, I think, 
is to go back to those wonderful Cold War era years. Weren't they great? But to him, they were because there were two great powers, two great powers, not one, two. And of course, it was never really that way, except that they had nuclear weapons. They've always had nuclear weapons that made them a great power, but nothing else really did. But that didn't matter to them. That's all that matters. We've got the, the news, so don't fuck with us. That's the so story, I think that's if this is driving if this is what's driving Putin now, and I think it is, you know, for him to bomb a maternity ward, a, a children's hospital, is nothing. Okay. It oh, is sure. nothing. It's it's like you chewing a piece of gum and throwing it in the garbage. Well, so what, what? Look at another one. At this point, would there be I mean, would there be literally anything that the Russian army would do in the Ukraine that would surprise you? If they lined 30 families up and just shot them in the head and then recorded it, would you be like, no, I can't believe that happened? I mean, there's there's just nothing. But the story of the fall of the Soviet Union greatly was that they overextended themselves. There was an arms race. They tried to keep up with us. They were not able to. They didn't have the resources to keep all of the things in play that they needed to keep in play, and it all fell apart. So I think the lesson now... If he could grab, let's just say, Ukraine, and tomorrow march into Poland, grab Romania, he doesn't have the resources to keep all of these things under his, under his, um, uh, under his hand. He just I, doesn't. I think you're, you're you're even underselling that because they didn't have the ability and the resources the last time out. They don't. Okay. He doesn't have it now. That, em- empires are 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 tough, except for that wonderful series on Fox called Empire. Empire. Uh, that's a good one. Right. Uh, uh, and then there's empire chicken kosher chicken taste the difference Um, (laughs) he doesn't they don't have they don't have the resources and it's taking and the fact that they're getting bogged down in taking over what should have been a fairly easy by their standards but a win in ukraine is showing that but the, the the total fallacy in the in the whole idea at least as we look at it and that putin even if he does realize it, he doesn't care, is there can't be an end game. No. There cannot be an end game. I mean, let's, let's just pretend it's now 1946, 47, after World War II, and the world is exhaling and trying to get their shit together. And Stalin um, cut some deals after the, you know, as the war is ending. And he gets possession of much of Eastern Europe. Well, uh, pardon my French, but they weren't the best landlords. Okay. For, for, As it turns you know, for out. The next, right. For the next 35, 40 years, they, they really weren't very good landlords. So they couldn't handle it then. And uh, certainly they can't handle it now because think of the countries that he's fucking with now. And I, I have to use that that language because remember at the end of world war ii those were completely broken societies correct they they were right in the middle of of the european theater they were the european theater right um so yeah okay so what what, the russians run it blah they own it blah blah um but now those countries have stood up on their own two feet Uh, many of them have done quite well Uh, poland has done quite well uh, Bulgaria, Romania, these used to be punchlines to jokes. You don't hear that anymore because as difficult as it is and probably as uh, corrupt as they might be, you know, they're not 
uh, a model democracies, but then to quote Donald Trump, neither do we a lot. Um, nobody's perfect at this, but we're a lot more perfect and a lot further down the road and a lot more resistant to the idea of having some thug like Vladimir Putin and his uh, army of losers uh, tell us what to do. It's just not going to happen. And NATO and the European Union, uh, wake up. This is what the world wanted. You know, we didn't force people into NATO. They want to be in there. Finland, damn, you know, Finland cut a deal. Finland cut a deal with uh, Russia after the war, okay? Mm-hmm. Because uh, you know, Soviet Union, they did invade Poland. They wanted, they wanted Finland during world war ii and the Finns, i guess fought and then then they cut it all right we'll be neutral we will be neutral and we will not join nato and then, okay all right so that's what finland is but now finland is rethinking as they should as you would expect them to everybody's rethinking uh who isn't in the uh the fold because none of us thought even two months ago that we would ever be alive when there would be someone with hitlerian desires and the uh, ability to carry them out with an army with marines with an air force mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's happening and so we're, we're still getting over the shock of that um and at the same time if we've learned anything from the last 50 years going back to vietnam you can say korea too but certainly v- more vietnam forward is we don't do ourselves any disservice by thinking about shit before we do it. Mm. It really would be helpful. So to all the screaming ninnies right now who want a no-fly zone, give them a no-fly zone. Zelensky wants a no-fly zone. Why are we denying him a no-fly zone? Of course, you know the arguments by now. You've heard them. That's war. We believe that Putin would decide to interpret that and that alone apparently yeah. as you've declared war. That's this right. is a guy who of course has declared war right even if he didn't put up a flag and said I'm at war with you by sending in his army over the uh, boundaries of a free and sovereign country and uh of course all of us roll our eyes when we think about the fact that wait a minute you're telling me that that Putin a reasonable guy who we can do business with, not right. really, sits around and says, you know what? The United States and the NATO countries, they can send all the the missiles, all the rockets, all the guns, all the ammo, all the, uh, the anti-everything that we have weaponry to the tune of tens of millions, hundreds, billions. but as long as an American is not operating that equipment we're not at war with the united states of america uh and that ends the minute an american service person is operating any of the equipment so it's hard to get your your mind around that that's a real distinction that that would count but when you're dealing with a madman okay who we and i think at some level he clearly is mad and he's not in touch with reality um we're not doing ourselves a disservice by making the distinction and going along with it even though of course it doesn't really make real sense 
But do we want to be in a shooting war no. with American soldiers coming home? No. In caskets. That's a non-starter. If you, the, if you think the visuals of people bitching about the price of gas yeah. is damaging, can you imagine right now an, an active hot war between American it's servicemen? A, it's a non-starter. I mean, that's that's the one thing that yeah, the, the liberals, conservatives, and then those in the middle can agree on. There's not there's no support for American soldiers going over and fighting well, a war. But there's not. The, but they're at the same time. You know, we've got elections and elections are about drawing contrasts and the contrast that is going to be disingenuously made by Republicans, while they, of course, don't really want a shooting war with the Russians. They want to let you know how weak Joe Biden is for not standing up to Putin. And how would you stand up to Putin, Republicans, right now? Would you send Americans? No, 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 we wouldn't do it. But Joe Biden is weak. they're, they're, They're going to be playing this game from now till the cows come home, including Devin Nunez's cow, which by the way is now back at the, the family farm. Is back. I, think the, I think Putin's uh, the three concessions, the three things that he wanted from Zelensky. He wanted, he said they would, that Ukraine would not try to be a part of NATO. Uh, he would recognize those two breakaway republics as independent, and then that recognized that uh, Meryl Streep was miscast in Mamma Mia. I can't remember what the third one was, but he, he wanted those those three things, which were, I mean, it's just not going to happen. You're not going to, there's no way Zelensky or anybody else is ever going to say, we're, we've decided to give up on the NATO thing. We're done with that. We're out. He wins that. You, you can't give him that. You cannot give Vladimir Putin that at all, because that's... I think you could give him, no, I think you could give him that one. You could oh. say anything you want. Oh, we're not going to join NATO. First of all, Putin isn't going to live forever. Okay, and (laughs) he's not. He's just not. And he's not going to run that place forever. And you can be a de facto member of NATO. You can be a junior member, an auxiliary member. And wait. And and not only that, it's much more important that you become a member of the European Union, the economic ties of the European countries. The you can cross borders with no passports. It's a common curse currency the uh, uh the euro and, and things of that sort now would that piss off uh putin to the end of the world for for uh ukraine to be using the euro of course it would but you know what a, a tough shit exactly just, just tough shit yeah i mean at, at, at a certain point you do have to tough shit it um but uh so far the best hope that we have is that Somehow, somewhere, some way, there are people within the inner circle of Vladimir Putin who are substantially more courageous than the close inner circle of people who surrounded Donald Trump, who will say, yeah. no, you can't do this, and I'm going to go public, and I'm going to speak the truth. Now, Trump well, had none of those people around I don't. Putin, I don't think Putin there's doesn't either. I don't think there's a book deal a year down the line for the for the Putin guys. <laughs> I don't think there. You know, I don't think. By you, next know there, you know what there is? There, there's something called asylum. There's something yeah. Yeah. about just just you know, leaving on a on a on a jet plane and getting the f out of there and and and, and speaking the truth. And there are, you know, there, you know, there's nobody in his inner circle who's spoken that way. But there are a lot of Russians who are out there. You see them on on television. Who they know the score. Um, are they being heard back in Russia? Not on state television, of course. No. But again, we are depending 
we are depending on the penetration of unstamp outable social media, uh, even if Facebook isn't operating. Did you see? And, and, and this one, I guess the fact we're talking about it doesn't really matter. We don't have uh, the, the kind of influence that I know you think we do. We don't, Britt. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm fooled. Right, right. Um, there's certain things I don't think you should talk about because it, it, it kind of tips off the Russians, but they probably know anyway. Probably. But since you're not allowed to post anything on social media in Russia now that, that mentions war or invasions or anything of the sort, uh, one way that they're getting around it is, is they go to restaurant review sites okay <laughs> yep and they review restaurants i don't know who knows what it is it, it's yep it's i don't know what it's in russian <laughs> um, and they they get the information out there on on what they want to say on on restaurant review sites. and i'm thinking well gee once the russians find out once the government finds out, they'll, they'll shut down every damn you know, restaurant review site, right? So right. Th- I wouldn't even say that. I would just let it happen. These would be great stories to tell after it's over, but don't give it away now. Let it happen. Don't don't uh, don't don't yap about it in public. <laughs> the papooses at this restaurant invaded my colon, and I hate them. Yeah, you got to use coded language. <laughs> Is that what yeah. you got to do? Yeah, yeah. Did you look up restaurant review to see whether uh, somebody's <laughs> no, written I was, about it? I was doing. So, I was looking to less than one percent of our downloads come from Russia, but we're pretty big in Germany. So, <laughs> wait, 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 less than. Does that mean we have any? Oh, we have somebody's listening, and you know. But again, there's a lot of shit that's blocked in Russia, so you don't know. You know, we may be I, there. May be posters up wanting to murder us somewhere in in the square and in, in in the Kremlin. You have no idea. They they may hate us like poison. We may be like public enemy number one. And been blocked for years in in Russia because of because of you know who we are and what we say. Yeah, you have no idea. Yeah, here it is. Yeah, here it is. Uh, this, and this is this isn't even brand new. This is a, a, a few days old. A Google spokesperson shared the following statement to CNET: Due to a recent increase in contributed content on Google Maps related to the war in Ukraine, we put additional protections in place to monitor. But uh, so they're 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 putting it up everywhere, which is great. Also, That's exactly also, what you want. It also says tender profiles. Tender profiles are also saying that. Like, yeah, I would like, to, yeah, I would yeah, like I'll, to invade I'll, I'll, your body. It is. <laughs> yeah, that's it. How, uh, how people are using restaurant reviews to spread news in Russia. <laughs> this is from uh, tastingtable.com. Uh, Moscow, St. Petersburg. The review sites are being saturated with information about Ukraine. Um. You can't review wow. any McDonald's, though. Can't review any McDonald's in Russia. I'll tell you that right now. If you guys yeah. ever want to see the McRib again, you better cut that fucker's head off. 